You are now listening to Creative Masters. This is the podcast where we interview musicians, photographers, directors, comedians, designers, and other creatives to discuss how they got started, how they got past those bumps in the road, and how they built a career off their creativity. So let's get right into it. I'm your host, and I'm Team Double Machine Masters to bring you Creative Masters. Now let's start the show. What's going on, everybody? This is Reggie, a.k.a. Nobody Famous. You're listening to the Creative Masters Podcast. This is episode 18. Last week, I took a week off. I've been grinding with it for over five months. Just needed to take a break and do some more interviews and get everything lined up for the months to come. So thank you guys for rocking with us. The previous episode with Dorm Payment was actually our most played episode thus far. So thank you guys for your support. In this episode, for episode 18, we got my man, Kit Lewis. He's a cocktail designer. He also works with the A3C Festival and is a music producer. So we talk about how we got started in creativity as well as in the restaurant industry. I've always been drawn to that. I've always been drawn to food. I've always been drawn to beverage. And I like music is like my soul. You know, I, I can't live without music. We also talk about him working with the A3C Hip Hop Festival and some of the challenges that he had to overcome during that process. We couldn't find Raekwon once. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, yo, where's Raekwon? And, uh, and they got on the phone with the guy and like they were like driving around. They were like in like North Atlanta and Ray Cross was supposed to be on stage and like, you know, in like one minute. We also talk about how he grows in this industry and some of the things that he does to become a better beverage manager. You know, honestly, what I do sometimes is like, I think about just really, really dope restaurants and bars, you know, like I'll, I'll just go on their website and like look and see what they're doing, the cocktails and try to anticipate trends. Mm-hmm. You know, you go to Death & Co and see what, you know, see what they've got on their mm-hmm. menu. And, you know, you go to Gramercy Tavern in New York and go on their menu, see what they got going on with their cocktail list. We talk about this, his hip hop setup, lessons in the music industry, and so much more. So sit back, relax, and enjoy episode 18 of the Creative Masters podcast featuring Kit Lewis. What's going on, everybody? This is Reggie, aka Nobody Famous. You're listening to the Creative Masters Podcast. This week, we got an old friend of mine. We've uh, worked together in the past through the A3C um, Hip Hop Festival. He's a cocktail designer. He's also a music producer. He does a bunch of dope stuff. We got my man, Kit Lewis. How you doing? I'm doing well, man. I'm super happy to be here, man. Yeah, I appreciate you coming on. So um, why don't you give everybody just a quick, you know, 60-second elevator speech of who you are, what you do, and uh, we'll get into your story. All right. Uh, well, I'm Kit Lewis. I am uh, I'm a restaurant manager. I manage a beverage program for um, for a pretty popular restaurant here in Atlanta. Uh, I'm also a somewhat non-working music producer, <laughs> and I uh, and I work occasionally with A3C Festival. I'm taking taking this year off, but uh, I you know I still stay in contact with everybody over there. So, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm a father, um, husband, and uh, I try to be a good citizen, man. That's about, that's about it. Yeah, that's that's what's up, man. And uh, the reason I want to have you on because um, you know I think that food and beverage and music and all that kind of stuff, uh, photography, just art in general, all go hand in hand. And it's really dope because we're in a lot of um, into a lot of the same dope things. So you know, just like cocktails and craft beer, and, like dope beats and everything like that. So, have you always been like a creative person, or was that something that kind of came along uh, later in life? I don't know, man. I've always had this like, I've always liked to do things, man. I've I've always liked always like literature i've always like reading i've always like you know i i wish i could have spent more time doing you know 
visual art, you know, I'm a horrible drawer, but you know what I'm saying? Like horrible drawers I've, I've found that can actually be, you know, do dope things. So, mm-hmm. uh, I've always been drawn to that. I've always been drawn to food, always been drawn to beverage and I like music is like my soul. You know, I, I can't live without music. Music is every day. Like, you know, like, like in the, like the, the seventies soundtrack stuff, like if I could walk around with, the, with somebody playing a theme song, man, I, yeah, I, I yeah. would pay somebody to, 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 to play <laughs> theme songs. You know, especially like when like MP3 players came out, man. I was a kid at college, you know. what I'm saying with the giant headphones on, walking mm-hmm. around, you know, walking around with just music in my own little zone. Yeah, and that's cool. So, when did you get into music? Was it uh, like around what time uh, in your life did you start getting into like producing music and, and making music? I can tell you the exact time. All right, um, 19, 1986, uh, I heard uh, I heard uh, check out my melody. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, my father was playing it. My father was a big, huge influence in my life, and uh, he used to play these tapes, you know, all the time. And and they had this one song, and I just heard like that that check out my melody, like the the very beginning when it first dropped with a little bell sample, mm-hmm. and um, that comes in with the scratches. And I was like, yo, how how do I do that? And I was like trying to like, you know, you know, straight at the kitchen table trying to like make make that drum, uh-huh. you know, that drum pattern. And then you know, you know, it kind of went on to that, and you know, Casio keyboards, and then you know, after that, like around like I guess like '91, my dad bought an ASR10. Oh, nice. And and then I was, and he bought it for him. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. I was like, and I was like, so uh, uh, can I play with your keyboard? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was, you know, trying to emulate RZA beats and stuff like that. You know. No, that's really dope that you had uh, access to. Um to that at such an early age i think it is important you know and you know people don't ever really know like where it's going to lead to later in life but i mean i just think about even myself my dad had like a pretty big vinyl collection so i used to just go through the vinyl and be putting on records and you know it wasn't like made for scratching a turntable but i'd be trying to scratch on it and everything like that i oh, never thought oh. that you know i'd be into yeah, making yeah. hip-hop later on in life man that was like the, that was a rule it was like don't scratch my records exactly exactly <laughs> so yeah I understand. So um, after, you know, you said 91, you had ASR or your dad had ASR 10 and stuff like that. So when did you kind of uh, get into it, you know, for yourself as a as producer music? Uh, well, in like 98, mm-hmm. I went away to college. I came up here to Georgia State University and um, just kind of casually asked my dad. I was like, yo, man, uh, can I can I bring the keyboard with me? And I was expecting him to, you know, tell me to go kick rocks. But he was like, no, nah, go ahead and take it. And I was mm-hmm. like, really? Because I mean, like, you know, I mean, back in. I mean, I, I, it's not like a, a long time ago, but I mean, it was, you know, it's a pretty expensive machine, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I took it with me to, to college and, you know, me and my me and my boys had a had a little group going on. And, you know, I, I was trying to trying to crank out beats and, you know, trying to rap and, you know, that, that whole that whole kind of like typical scene that, you know, a lot of producers kind of have like mm-hmm. kind of like, oh, yeah, you know, we needed somebody to make beats. So I yep. started making beats. That was, that was kind of the same with me, too. I was just like, well, we, we started kind of getting into rapping and stuff. And it's like, well, I like making the beats more, so I started making the beats. But it's interesting because that time period is like right before, um, you know, like the software and everything got really big. So if you did have like a nice keyboard, you had an NPC, yeah. it was like a really big deal, you know? Yeah, I mean, and, and you were a better rapper than I was. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, I was a horrible rapper. I still am. Yeah, sometimes I look back though, like man, I don't even know why people like rocked with it. Like I, I mean, I was a lot of stuff I made was like straight, just 
I was passionate about it and stuff, but now I listen, like I don't even listen to some of it now. I'm like, oh man, like I was really yo, like, rapping. <laughs> yo, so I, I don't know if it, like um, like you kind of mentioned that that we like know each other for a long, like a long time. I think like when we first got connected was from uh, futureproducers.com. Oh dang! Then you talk like oh three, oh four, oh five ish probably yeah right? but like there were there were like there were like a lot of dope people on that on that forum man like chasing cash and mm-hmm. and uh and i mean there's a lot of other people like doing still doing stuff from there that i you know occasionally you know talk to on twitter or something like that and i'm kind of like whoa that's that's crazy because i didn't i didn't i didn't even know that to be honest like i mean i i keep in touch with like a lot of people like i'm still like really cool with a lot of people that I met through that and we've done stuff together like in the past, but I didn't know it was like through future producers. So that's really dope. Cause that, that community was like really popping back in the day for, uh, for producing. Yeah. Oh yeah. And like, it was like the place to go. It was kind of like, Oh, I, I didn't know you could do that. Or, you yeah. know, and it was like, almost like I would go there every day and like spend like an hour and a half. Oh yeah. And it's amazing. It's amazing to think that I had an hour and a half to waste online. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Cause I, what, what I wouldn't do with that time, man, if I could get it back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. So let me ask you, since we're kind of on that topic of, um, like, future producers and, like, community and stuff like that, like, as far as, like, being a creative, how, how important do you think it is to be plugged into a creative community with, like, people who are, like, you know, critiquing each other, like, in a positive way and supporting each other and giving tips and teaching and stuff like that? I, I think it's everything, man. If you aren't around, I mean, it's, it's actually kind of weird that, that, that we're talking about this, man, because I've been in kind of this weird funk lately. Mm-hmm. And uh, my wife, my wife is like amazing. She's great. Um, she, we had these conversations about being around our people, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, and she recently got a job where she's, you know, she's around creative people, you know. Mm-hmm. And it kind of has totally changed, you know, the everything. You know, if, when you're around like-minded creative people, it doesn't even have to be the same medium. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it could be. You know, that's why like these workspaces are so dope. You know, you can go be in a workspace and somebody will be next to you and they'll be you know doing graphic design and mm-hmm. you look to your left and somebody's editing pictures and then you know you, you're like trying to mix down a beat you know mm-hmm. it's uh there's this whole creative vibe that can kind of kind of transcend you know even verbal transcend even verbal communication you know you're just in this environment where it kind of just is contagious yeah right so I mean, it's, it's it's everything, you know. Without it, you die. You know, you, your soul dies. You know, if you, if you aren't if you're in a sterile environment all the time, and mm-hmm. it's not it's not conducive to creative and, and this whole motion. You know, it it's a community, man. It it it'll, it'll die without without like-minded people. Yeah, and that's the thing too that I always try to be real. Um, I guess aware of is like we are like built to be like if in communities or a tribe or something like that, and even though. Like I am like an introverted person and I can sit in my crib and just make beats and or go take photos by myself or play Xbox and waste time by myself for like a couple of days and be totally fine with it. After a while, right. even being, you know, keeping to myself, I do feel the need to have to connect with people, and especially like minded people and creative people. And it's going to like help push, you know, me forward as a creative and hopefully I can help push them forward as well. So I, I totally uh, get that. Well, uh, I mean, just just think about it. it. Doesn't even have to be like directly contact. Mm-hmm. You know, it it could be like I mean, to be honest with you, like those little snippet videos that you put out, man, they give me life sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just going around. I'm like, oh man, it's like little black and white kind of silhouette, like minimalist desktop, like just making a beat. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm with it. I'm with <laughs> it. You know, and it, and and it, you know, and it gives me inspiring. And like, you know, it, if I hear somebody like who comes out with a dope song, like I might go on and try to do something in the same vein but it'll be a different bpm different instruments and like mm-hmm. yeah, i come out with something completely different but it was spawned from that 
from that you know that one point of that song that i was like oh that was really dope you know yeah totally i, I totally get that yeah sometimes i'll be scrolling because like I, i've talked about it on on here on the podcast before too like i don't follow like a ton of people like on instagram because like when i scroll i want everything i see to just be like potentially inspiring and like super dope so it's like sometimes if I'm like not feeling very creative, like I'll just sit there and just scroll or like go to people I follow's pages and just look and then I'll get all of a sudden just like a jolt of energy and I'll just start creating something. And it could be a video, it could be music, it could be photos or whatever. So Oh yeah, definitely. That's really cool. So let's touch on this since we're still talking about music a little bit. Um and a lot of music producers listen to this um to this podcast. So what's kinda like your current music setup right now and what are you working with? Um, man, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Machine. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, like, it totally changed my life. Like, I was, like, 100% reason, like, several years ago, and I went to my boy, uh, my boy Moe's house, and uh, he had Machine up, and, like, we cranked out, like, eight beats in, mm-hmm. like, in, like, a half an hour, and I was like, yo, this is so crazy. So, like, the first thing I did was win, <laughs> and I copped it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I, I, I bought Machine. So, basically, I'm working. I still have my ASR 10 mm-hmm. that is basically just kind of, like, sitting there and sometimes i use it for effects but um i got i got a midi set up with machine and uh as of i guess like two years ago i I jumped on a logic train and that just again totally expanded what what i thought you could do with music you know Mm -hmm. um logic is so dope to me so i mean i I, uh so i have i have i use machine inside logic Mm -hmm. and um and do everything through there that's what's up. Yeah, it's, it's cool because this uh, actually this podcast is like a partnership with Machine Masters, which is like a machine community. So, uh, like a lot of people love the machine. It's like I've used it. I don't have one, but I've used it a ton, and um, and a lot of people that I know use it and just absolutely love it. And they're doing native instruments. Like I've always loved like Contact and you know um, Massive and all and all the different synths and oh, instruments. And massive stuff. is crazy. Like yeah. Massive is crazy. If you like as far as like sound design and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like if you want to make effects, because like you know, occasionally I work with like you know some movie people too and like you know like really trying to work that lane so like sound design like mm-hmm. massive is nuts yeah you can pretty much do anything with it and like i'll hop on um youtube and just look at a tutorial like any sound that you want to learn how to make and then of course you can tweak it and make it your own and, and kind of develop your own preset so that's, that's i think it's really dope um all the native instrument stuff i man, I, I, I never got into live and, and you use live don't you yeah yep yeah, I, I, I kind of, like, started rocking with it, and I just kind of, it didn't click for me, man. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, I just kind of, I kind of fell back to machine. Yeah, and I, I kind of look at, like, workstations the same as, um, like, how people used to talk so, about, like, software okay. stuff back in the day. Um, you know, because it was like, oh, if you're using software, it doesn't sound as good as hardware or whatever. I think as long as the, the end product is dope and it sounds good, it really doesn't matter what you're using. So. Oh, yeah, of course. So let's talk um, about A3C. So how did you uh, initially get involved with them? Like, what's the story behind that? Uh, actually, man, I was working with um, uh, a woman named Bevan, uh, like literally working at a restaurant with her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she was like, she was like, hey, you know, we're looking for some people to help out. I mean, this is like years and years and years ago. She was like, hey, we're looking for people to help out. You know, I'm doing because she does like ticket stuff. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, and you know, she's. A pretty pretty big deal in Atlanta. Like she does all the major festivals and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. she was work, she was working with them. She kind of knew them through stuff and and she was like, hey, we're looking for somebody to help out with uh, volunteers. Mm-hmm. Like, can you can you come through? And I so I came came through and met him and uh, and you know I came on and they shot me a little bit of money and I kind of ran the volunteer mm-hmm. 
uh, aspect of it. So if you wanted to volunteer at the at the, uh, at the festival, I kind of coordinated and scheduled everybody and made sure everybody had, you know, the, the lifeblood that makes a festival work as volunteers. So mm-hmm. kind of like put, put people in places and then, you know, the people who were really awesome, I'd make sure that they had a strategic position. And that kind of grew like year after year into, you know, I was the director of HR mm-hmm. for uh, A3C and then, then I got busy with like my day job, and I couldn't kind of devote as much time because you know it's kind of nuts. Yeah, yeah, especially and this so time kinda, of year before, right before it comes up. Yeah, and then it, it is, it's just grown exponentially year after year, man. Like, I mean, it was a point where, you know, you had a couple hundred volunteers, and we were like, we're good, and like, you know, it got to the point where it was like, nah, man, we need hundreds of volunteers, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it got to the point where it's kind of like, uh, you know, it just got so big, and and you need somebody to kind of dedicate. To be honest, man, like, like you know, to, to, to pay somebody for that position is would it be would be pretty like I guess not efficient. So what they mm-hmm. did was a kind of kind of uh, third party you know partnership with somebody and, and had had a professional person run it, which is, I think is the right decision. Yeah, yeah. And I kind of and I kind of fell back into a uh, I would just do the VIPs because I have a have a history of hospitality, so mm-hmm. I basically you know would would make sure that the VIP uh, tickets would would run well making sure that the vips are having a great time and personally you know personally walk them to the you know to the areas that they were in and kind of walk them through the exclusiveness and mm-hmm. kind of what you get when you purchase a vip pass through a3c gotcha so uh you, you bring up an interesting uh point there so a lot of times especially like when you're younger you know like early 20s you're going through college or you're trying to grind and, and build a career or whatever like a lot of times you might have jobs or different things that you have to do that doesn't necessarily make sense at the at the moment and then 10 years you know 15 years later down the line it like all comes together and makes perfect sense so like did you ever imagine that like your hospitality background and your food and beverage background and your love for hip-hop and everything would end up merging into something like that i mean i, I kind of always hope for you kind of always hope for something that kind of combines all your passions you know uh-huh. i mean I'm, I'm still looking for that for that merger you know mm-hmm. um for a complete kind of merger um but yeah i mean like you never know i mean i'm still kicking myself there's a, there's been lots of opportunities that i've like kind of flushed down the drain back in the day just because i was young and stupid mm-hmm. you know <laughs> but I, that doesn't that happen to all of us though <laughs> yeah i mean i guess that's life you know yeah yeah uh, but i mean there's been i've i've been in the room with like big artists like you know scrolling through beats and uh, I, <laughs> I don't want to tell you all my squanderings, but I've, I've done I've done some doozies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think that's part of just the learning process of life and 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 um and growing as a person, you know. And I think that at the end of the day, it you always end up where you should be if you you know stay focused on still where you're trying to go. So, um, let me ask you as far as the, as A three C goes, what was kind of like the was there ever like a point where you had like a really big challenge, um that you could share with us and then how you overcame that challenge just as far as like the festival with volunteers well, I mean, or something uh you know what i mean like the it's so much thought goes into you know when you when you're playing an operation like that i mean mm-hmm. of course there's there's always gonna be a million things uh, i can't think of one let me think of one in particular challenge i mean there's been situations where you know like we were like i mean stupid things you know what i'm saying like like oh we forgot to buy water Mm, yeah, uh, and, yeah. and it's eight and it's 85 degrees out there and we're you know this is like back at masquerade and like we're out at masquerade mm-hmm. and you know there's no water you know and you know everybody's coming around like oh you know we didn't schedule somebody for this stage there's nobody to work on that stage i need mm-hmm. to scrounge up five people right now 
you know, to work that stage, or I guess, you know, oh, there's a big one. There's like we couldn't find Raekwon once. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, "Yo, where's Raekwon?" And uh, and we, they got on the phone with the guy, and like they were like driving around. They were like in like North Atlanta, and he, and Raekwon was supposed to be on stage, and like you know, in like one minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, they, and they were like, you know, like oh yeah, we're in Chambly. We're like, yeah, dude, what are you doing up there? And like they had like a whole like mobile setup. And it was actually funny because when they, when Raekwon pulled up, he pulled up with like two of my homeboys. Oh yeah, <laughs> one of my boys is one of my boys is signed to Ice Water, and so like, they, they popped out. I was like, "Yo, what's going on? We waiting on y'all. Wait, what the hell yeah, y'all yeah. been?" Um, and so you know, th- you know, just kind of like managing that that kind of lineup, mm-hmm. you know, managing talent and and kind of making it look seamless on the on the client end. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's when it's chaos backstage, you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like what's kind of like what's front facing and then what goes on behind the scenes is totally two totally different things dude it's the same with the restaurant man you know yeah. you you want you want your guests to have a seamless experience and then you go into a kitchen and you're like holy crap what the hell are y'all doing out here yep yep so let's talk about that let's talk about the food and stuff so um like on your website and um and instagram and stuff you say uh it says cocktail designer so tell everybody what a cocktail designer is um i create cocktails for um people well, I, I used to do it used to outsource it used to do it for you know catering companies events um restaurants mm-hmm. um but now it's part of my kind of job description to you know build the cocktail program at my restaurant mm-hmm. um and you know just kind of kind of play around and, and do creative things gotcha and um that's part of like how did you uh, come like come into that like was it like did you go to school for that, for hospitality and everything, and then kind of worked your way through and like you know the restaurant industry? Or like, what was kind of like the pathway for that? Like, say if there's someone who's listening, and like is interested in like that kind of position in the future, like what was your pathway? That that is a that is a thing where you just do it to mm-hmm. be 100 percent honest. Like, go get a job. Like, if, if you're interested in being a bartender, man, go get a job at a restaurant. If they aren't hiring for bartender, be a server. Mm-hmm. If they're hiring for server, be a be a dishwasher or be a bus person. Work your way up, be a server, and then you know. Same as kind of like music, man. You just you have to learn as much as possible. You know, you go to Esquire, you know, dot com and look at the cocktail, you know, section. Mm-hmm. Get cocktail books like like PDT, and and you go down and you read what you know. Who, who are the great people in your city that are doing you know cocktail stuff? You know, Greg mm-hmm. Best in, in Atlanta. You know, it's like it's like the mecca. You know, they're <laughs> saying mm-hmm. like that's like the dude. You know, and so you go in his go into his restaurant. You try his cocktails. You know, if he's there, you try to talk to him. Um, a lot of these people like aren't famous yet, so you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they they're famous, but like you know, you can approach them and, and talk to them, and and you know, get a job at, at a restaurant that you think is doing great stuff, and mm-hmm. you know, wash dishes for them, and then you know, learn as much as you can about the the beverage program. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's interesting because um, actually one of the first interviews that I did, I did my uh, I interviewed one of my homegirls, and it had like technical difficulties, so I wasn't able to release it. So hopefully, we'll be able to uh, re-record it soon, but. She, uh, she's like a managing partner over at a mayor in Inman Park, and she was kind of had like the same. Yeah. She said like basically the same thing. It was just like I remember like 10, 12 years ago, she was working at like a small restaurant just as a server, and it was just like grinding and grinding. And you know, as I always kind of think of like I think it was like that Fonte line, and even that there was like an interview this past week that with Fonte, he mentioned it as well again. But he's just saying like it takes you know seven to ten years to like do anything to even like get really going. Um, in like a career that was a really that was a really great interview too I read that too man like I tell you man like the universe is weird because like that interview dropped 
you kind of reached out to me and I've had other people kind of just reach out to me out of nowhere and mm-hmm. just kind of like give me a little pep talk, which I was kind of like, whoa, what's going on here? Yeah, yeah. The universe is funny. It, re- it really is. And um, I think that like when you need to see something, it will show you at the right time, you know, um, for sure. So I totally, I totally understand that. But yeah, what I was saying was just like, it's just interesting how it does take, you know, it can take 10 years to like the whole old, even the old quote to take 10 years to be an overnight success or whatever. Like, I mean, yeah. I, th- I think that that's totally true. Like I made, I was make, literally making music for 10 years before I had anything significant. Like not, I, won't, I don't want to say anything significant, but anything like major, like on a global level happen <laughs> with my music right. after like, you know, 10 or 12 years of just like grinding and grinding and grinding for free, basically. Um, oh yeah. I mean, so. And then, and it's kind of like how it is, and like, and like you go seek third party, you know. For I mean, for, for me, like it was basically a situation where I was a server, and then like you know they were like, kind of like, hey, like you're really interested in like beverage stuff. You want to be learn how to be a bartender, and I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, sure, let's do it. And I was a bartender, then I was lead bartender, then I was a corporate trainer, mm-hmm. and then I left that restaurant company and and saw this like new restaurant company kind of come up, and I jumped over there and I was like, hey, I want to be a manager. And they were like, mm-hmm. well, no, but we need to we we do need a a bartender. And I was like, mm-hmm. cool, I'm your man. Yeah, yeah. And I stuck in it and I became lead bartender there. And then, you know, they were like, we have this opportunity for you, you know. And so, like, you know, Squeaky Wheel does get the grease. You have to let somebody know that you want to be that position. Mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise, it'll let you toil in obscurity for forever. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, as long as you're vocal about where you want to go and then you're doing the proper things to get there, you know, um, they tend to tend to pop off. That's, that's interesting because you, you said some things that really stick out to me, right? So let's kind of, like, unpack some of that. So you let people know where you wanted to go so like how like what made you decide to do that because a lot of people won't open like speak up for themselves or on a on the other extreme they think they're entitled to like whatever position just out the gate you know you go to college you get a degree so i deserve to be like you know a social media manager of a big company or something right so how did you like navigate the balance of letting people know what you want to do and where you want to be but not seem like entitled you know uh, giving off yeah the, you know no i i, I get that it, it was fortunately something that i learned kind of early in life like when i came to college i was kind of like you know we all face these situations and i found out you know it was a roommate situation mm-hmm. and i found out that you know it was one of those things where you know we got to have a difficult conversation mm-hmm. and then you yeah. sit down and be like hey man <laughs> hey man you gotta you gotta start cleaning the bathroom dude like man. seriously <laughs> and, then, and then you know what i'm saying like, I've like been it's, there. It's, yep. it yep. sounds crazy but like you know you have to have the conversation and like you dread that conversation yep. you you think about what where that conversation is going to go, and you mm-hmm. try to like, think about everything that's going to happen in that conversation. But mm-hmm. after you have that conversation, the mutual respect is crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and every time I've had a, every time I've had to have a difficult conversation, we always leave the conversation as better people, mm-hmm. and the situation is always better, you know. And it's the same with any relationship, and it's the same with any you know, like I said, any relationship, romantic or professional. If you you know with professional you know talks, you kind of have to have a sit down. Like, hey, it doesn't have to be. I'm entitled to it, but mm-hmm. this is where I want to be. This is what I want to do. You know, what do I have to do to get there? Mm-hmm. You know, and and I'll do you know I'll do whatever you, whatever I need to do. But this is where I, this is where I want to be. Mm-hmm. And you know, and if it's a real, you know, if somebody's a real leader, you know, the people under you, they want to they want to go somewhere. You know, if you want to make your employees happy because that's you know that's part of the business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, you know, if as long as you're real with them and, and being honest about where you want to go, mm-hmm. you know, a real leader should help you get there. Yeah, for sure. And do you, um, as as a leader for your, you know, do you kind of put those philosophies in? Like if someone's new and comes in and they want to, um, you know, 
climb the ladder, I guess you could say, do you like, how do you help them and guide them, you know, along their path? Well, I mean, I, I try to be the people who set me up. I try to be them, you know, mm-hmm. I, I uh, it, it, and, and, you know, a lot of times people don't want to hear it. So like, that's, that's also makes a difference between like, somebody who actually wants to do it rather than somebody who just kind of wants to passively do it. Mm-hmm. You have, if, if you want to do something, you say you want to do something and I tell you how to do it. If mm-hmm. I tell you go home and, and here's the books you should read and, and here's what you should, you know, here's a website you should go to. Here's mm-hmm. the events you should go to and kind of rub elbows with these people. Like, you know, if you do that, you know, you're setting yourself up. And if I tell you, like, you know, you, I don't know. It's, there's a lot of times, like, people don't want to hear what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Silly girl. <laughs> um, a lot of times people don't, people don't want to hear what, hear what you're saying. And, like, really it is kind of like go put in the work, you know, go mm-hmm. go read the books and go learn outside of time at, at your job. Like, go learn extra things because mm-hmm. you'll become less it. Yeah, and I think, too, that um, – if people want something and like even when it just comes to change and like personal growth like they're not gonna like another person telling that person to do it or what they should do it doesn't really sink in they have to kind of make that decision for themselves and i think it even ties back into like you know you talk about when we're you know when you're younger and you made mistakes or like you know you had missed opportunities and things like that i think that when you're young a lot of times you don't even like you think that that's not like something can't happen to you like you you're gonna get everything it's gonna fall in your lap or you know, you're not going to make any mistakes. And then once you, you know, five, six years after, you know, and you actually made those mistakes and things have fallen apart, you didn't be, you're not where you thought you were going to be. That's when you can kind of step up and be like, all right, I need to make better decisions. I need to invest in myself, my education, my knowledge, my network and things right. like that. I mean, um, the best thing, best thing you could ever do is make mistakes, man, because mm-hmm. nothing, nothing teaches you. Exactly. Yeah. A hard head makes a soft <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I, I look at all my mistakes too, and like I see like the lessons that I've learned from those, and it put me in a position that I'm in now, and you know I'm still working and going towards you know bigger goals that I have set for myself, but I know that I wouldn't be anywhere close to them if I didn't make the mistakes that I've learned. It's not only just making the mistakes; it's also learning from those mistakes and not making them again. Yeah, you know, like there's this one mistake. I, this is one mistake that I made that I just want every young every young producer or every young person to, to, to realize, all right, never try to be something you're not. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I won this big beat, beat battle in Atlanta and I had a chance to sit down with a, you know, fairly big record label. Mm-hmm. And I, I was like so nervous cause I'm like, yo, like I've never, you know, I've never mm-hmm. sat down with like this dude before, you know, and I'm like so like nervous and he came out to meet us at our spot. And, um, like I was there and, I was like, okay, well, what do I need to be? Like, you know, I'm supposed to be like this producer. I just won this big battle. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I need to be kind of cocky. And, and so, like, when he came in, like, I was nervous. I was like, probably hit the hit the vodka and cranberry a little too hard. And, <laughs> uh, like, I started feeling myself super hard and started acting like I was, like, this, you know, kind of big shot. Mm-hmm. And I kind of, I probably came off as a giant douche. And, um, and dude was kind of like, okay, cool. Like, we scrolled through beats. And he was like, all right, cool. And I left. And I kind of... <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like nothing, nothing transpired, and I'm I still kick myself to this day because I was like trying to be something that I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm not that like I'm not that you know flamboyant dude. You know what I mean? Who's gonna be like, yeah, I'm gonna save your record label. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And I was and 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 I was trying to be something that I wasn't, and it totally, you know, it's totally transparent. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. this dude has been in the industry for years. Like he's kind of like he saw right through all that BS and was mm-hmm. kind of like, yeah, I'm not rocking with this guy. Yeah, yeah. So yo, like this goes to everything, man. Like you never, never be something that you're not. 
you know, or never try to be something that you're not, you know, you got to be true to yourself and be, be who you are. And like, if that comes off as like, you're kind of a meek person and kind of a quiet person and, you know, that's not what they're looking for, then that's not what they're looking for, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And even uh, touching on the, come to you. Yeah. And even touching on the, on the universe, like, I think that when you're forcing it and not being yourself, like you're not going to get opportunities like you would if, as if you're being your true authentic self. Like when you're just being yourself, like it's just a flow. It's like more of like a flow to life because you're not forcing anything. It's like you're allowing it to happen and you're putting, you're still putting in work. You're still working hard. You're still doing your thing. But like, it's like the opportunities seem to like flow better because it's natural. It's not like forced, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, like, like if you're faking the funk, man, you might get one, but you aren't going to get, you know, you might get one and get lucky, mm-hmm. but it's not going to be sustainable. And, yep. and you know, and we all know, like, you, I mean, you have, you know what I'm saying? When you have kids, like, it's all about sustainability. Like, how can you maintain this, you know, this this money stream, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and even, like, with that, like, being, uh, having kids and, like, providing and things like that, like, I have another, I have a mistake that I was actually thinking about um, the other day. And it was, like, when I was living in L.A., I was working for um, this startup. It was, like, this um, kind of, like, social media slash, like, dating site startup or whatever. And it was an easy job. I did it from home. I can make my own schedule. Like it was really chill. I met a lot of cool people, or whatever. And then like, right. I was also like making music, and I was like doing kind of like social media marketing, kind of like freelance or whatever. So I had got mm-hmm. like a client who was like paying me a lot of money at the time, and I started like feeling myself a little bit. I was probably like I was like twenty four, twenty five, and rent was super high. I mean, it was like you know eight fifty for a little studio and stuff like that. So I started feeling myself yeah. like oh, I'm making money. Like I went out like bought a big TV. There's all kinds of just dumb stuff, and then. I thought like it would just last forever. So I quit my regular like paying job and just kind of focus on the social media stuff. And then like my biggest client like fell off the face of the earth and I was literally just like flat broke and like had to scramble to like find another job. So it's kind of like just little things like that that you learn to pick up over the years that like now I would never like risk my livelihood over like one client or one opportunity because I know the opportunities come and go and it's the same with like music it's the same with photography it's the same with like anything like you might get a big client but you still gotta like keep putting stuff in the fire and just keep pushing and keep stuff in the pipeline to keep it moving so oh you gotta play long ball man exactly That's what the, it's, it's all about long ball man slow and slow and steady <laughs> <laughs> yep and that's the thing you gotta learn. That comes from like you know a little age and making those mistakes as well. So um, for anybody out there that's listening, like it's all about the marathon. It's not a sprint, as they say, which is cliche, but it's true. Um, don't, don't buy those rims, man. Go ahead and pay your insurance, man. <laughs> exactly. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna curb them anyway. You're gonna get scraped up, and then you're gonna be mad and not even care about them anymore. So. Um, <laughs> So let me ask you, because you did say earlier, you're like big on literature and reading and stuff like that. And, and myself, I'm also like huge on a, on a growth mindset. So it's like a lot of books and podcasts and things like that. So what are you um, like? What are some things that you do to grow like in your professional career? I know you said you mentioned like books and events and things like that, as well as um, grow, you know, in your personal life. Um, I mean, like, uh, man, God bless the podcast, man, because like it's something that's really cool. I can listen to it on the way to work. I mean, now I only have like a fifteen minute commute, but mm-hmm. um, you know, what I'm saying like it's something that I can, when I'm doing paperwork at the end of the night, I can put on a put on a podcast and like kind of listen to, mm-hmm. and you know, either be actively in, be, be actively engaged or be passively engaged. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, as far as books, like you know, stuff like the Wine Bible is like the kind of like the thing that everybody kind of goes to is if, if you're interested in you know being a sommelier. Mm-hmm. 
you know, if you're interested in wine, you go read the wine, the wine Bible. Um, you can, you know, honestly, what I do sometimes is like, I think about just really, really dope restaurants and bars, you know, mm -hmm. like I'll, I'll just go on their website and like look and see what they're doing, the cocktails and try to anticipate trends. Mm -hmm. You know, you go to death and co and see what, you know, see what they've got on their mm -hmm. menu and, you know, you go to Gramercy Tavern in New York and go on their menu, see what they got going on with their cocktail list. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I do I do some of that. Um, and I, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I mean, I listen to your podcast. Um, I, I listen to, I mean, sometimes if it's just like passive thing, I'll like put on like, you know, drink champs or something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yo, I, I love that podcast. Yo, Nori's a fool. Yeah. Um, but like, <laughs> but, uh, you know, like, you know, I, I like put on these things, but actually like the, the, the uh, the the drunk punk like like there's something about that because you learn a lot because like you get this kind of like strip this strips away kind of the pretentiousness of like an interview right so mm -hmm. you get this kind of like you get a lot of real and since Nori was there you get these like little backstories like mm -hmm. when they had like Dame Dash on and stuff like that you hear all these like little backstories and it's just kind of it's just it's just super real and I, I love like hearing like those little backstories because mm -hmm. I mean because we were listening we were on the client and like back in the day when they're like you know. Dame Dash is running up in meetings with cameras, right? Yeah, yeah. And but like we're hearing the, we're hearing the product of that. We're hearing the product of like Dipset leaving, leaving Rockefeller, and like mm -hmm. you know, like what was all that about? And like you know that whole, um, uh, that whole like fall of Rockefeller, and like you know, you, to hear these little inside stories, man, it's just it's like these little diamonds in the rough of like this kind of podcast. So yeah, for sure. I like listening to stuff like that, like. Um, and then I mean I listen to a lot of NPR. Mm -hmm. uh, they have a lot of they have you know randomly you hear artists that I you know that I wouldn't ever think about listening to and like I listen to something I'm like oh let me check that out. Yep. And you know my wife is like oh that's creepy sound I'm like yeah isn't it awesome she's like no it's creepy sound I'm like no but it's great like yeah 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 I'll turn off the lights and, and 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 jack up the volume and like you know what I'm saying like turn on all the lights and like listen to it like yeah, it puts yeah. you in the mood I'm like yeah that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I'm the same way too. Especially with like NPR, like all kind of like music blogs are just like I'll do. Um, I'll put on like a radio station on Spotify, and then it's like once I hear like a song that sticks out to me, I'll start a radio station off of that song. And that's how I find like a lot of artists and bands that like I've never heard of before. Um, and then a lot of times too, because they kind of Spotify is really big. And same with NPR is really big on kind of pushing like the artists on the come up so you can find them you know they come through town for like 15 bucks, and then you know oh, yeah. three years later they'll be huge or something. So. It's always like really cool to uh, find you know new artists through those type of avenues. What I love, I, I love like a lot of new artists, and I think particularly like like this new breed of hip hop is mm -hmm. like you know it's something that's super exciting to me. Like the the old person to me is kind of like eh, I don't really rock with it, but I, I do love the fact that you know they're these kids nowadays are starting to kind of be themselves. Mm -hmm. I think that like because you and I, I think are similar in age. I think when, like, when we were coming up, like you kind of had this kind of formula and like, you know, if, if you were kind of, kind of offbeat or weird, like you might've got a little bit of play, but like, you know, back in like the, you know, late nineties, early two thousands, mid two thousands. Mm -hmm. But I think now we're kind of come to a, come to a time where these kids are like, yeah, like it's, it's so approachable, you know, like you can download fruit loops, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. However, you know, whatever means, by any means necessary. And then they're like, yeah, I can do all this crazy stuff. And, you know, you can do everything inside your house. And so, like, they're like, yeah, I'm going to create a beat. And, you know, let's try this. And instead of, uh, you know, instead of a snare, let's replace it with a hi-hat. And let me throw mm -hmm. auto-tune all over my voice and jack it all up. And I'll just talk, you know. And, and, and as long as the bass is kicking and, you know what I'm saying, people like it, then, you know, we'll rock with it. 
And so, like, I, I love the spontaneous nature of the art nowadays. And I think some people might say it's disposable, mm-hmm. but, but like, you know, saying like, I think Polaroid, like Polaroids were disposable, but Andy Rohal made this like great art medium out of like taking Polaroids of mm-hmm. artists, you know? And so it's just kind of this, this cool kind of thing that I, I love the spontaneous nature of it. I love like the kind of this rawness mm-hmm. and, and, you know, I'm, I may not rock with everything that they're talking about, or I might even understand what they're talking about sometimes, yep. but like as a whole, like the art, like there's this, it, you know, creativity and spon- spontaneous creativity and, and this raw emotion, it can only lead to better, mm-hmm. better art, you know, and, and I love like what I love hip hop culture. I am hip hop culture. Mm-hmm. So I love this kind of progressive. We're going to push the boundaries, push the boundaries. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. You can't grow if you don't push boundaries. Exactly. And, and that's interesting that you had brought that up just about, you know, hip hop and, and the younger generation um, being themselves and being comfortable in that. Because even earlier when you were talking about, you know, when you had to learn to be yourself and everything like that, that's kind of exactly where my mind went. So it's, it's really interesting i think dope that you had brought that up um that parallel as well because i I look at it the exact same way you know it's like i do like i do like seeing them pushing the boundaries and uh and just pushing just pushing it forward because it's like yeah we still we still have our like golden era to us but to them this is their golden era and they're gonna look back at it and they're gonna have like classics that they love and and artists that they love when they're you know 10 years 15 years from now as well so i think it's really dope um that they can have that and i think they should have that diversity diversity is amazing and diversity is great man like mm-hmm. you know what like i love j cole and i love Nas, and i love like super lyrical people but sometimes i just want to hear chief keith and just play it loud and like you know what i'm saying like uh, you know what i'm saying i want to hear young chop on the beat and i you know and i start moving my hands and i'm like yeah that's what i'm talking about you know like put on some damn put on some crazy stuff man and like and and then and, and, and when i want to reflect and you know get chill mode i'll put on shot a you know like i have a big hard drive you know what i'm saying like yep. all these songs will fit on my hard drive so like we're all good i bought it external so like we can rock <laughs> and you i don't know? think so, i like, don't think you have to be just like single dimensional either and i think that's what a lot of people especially like people oh. who are kind of stuck in their ways like oh y'all like this is only this real hip-hop something you don't it doesn't have to be that man i, I love country music you know what i'm saying like mm-hmm. i love stuff like i love country music i love you know like you know like random jazz stuff you know and like it's it's kind of cool like you can get into a vibe and just kind of get on it you know yeah yeah um it, you don't have to be one thing. like diversity is the most amazing beautiful thing in this world and it's just like that yep i get in you <laughs> <laughs> so so let me ask you um and this, this is something that i always ask everybody and i always get like some really interesting um answers and there's no like right or wrong answer or response to it but like what is success to you? Like, have you redefined success, I guess, from like that old definition of just like a lot of money, big house, big cars, fame and all that kind of stuff into something for yourself and your own happiness? And if so, like, what is it for you? All right, Mel. <laughs> Here we go. Um, I'm a Gemini, man. Sometimes I get like into like these real like somber, like really, really downtrodden kind of like moods. And I you know, also get these like little manic ups but honestly man like success is always a moving target man like i don't think i don't think you'll ever be i i I don't know i don't know what that looks like because i don't think you can be successful i mean you can be successful to somebody else's eyes Mm -hmm. but you know like it's it's his own definition and i don't really have one like Mm -hmm. i want to be my goal is to be like comfortable Mm -hmm. and 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 to go into some kind of a job every day without like sitting in the parking lot half an hour beforehand like yeah 
come on, kid. Come on, kid. You got to get in there and do it. You got to get in there and do it. And so, like, that's, like, the goal, right? That's that's what we all want. We all want to be happy. Um, and then, you know, but, like, I think it's a moving target, too, because, like, it's like, oh, well, I'll be happy if I have a million dollars in assets. And, you know, we all know somebody. Well, I mean, maybe we don't, but we've all heard of somebody who's like, oh, yeah, he's a multimillionaire and he's mm-hmm. an unhappy person. So, yep. you know. And so, like, I think it's a moving target, man. You just always have to kind of, like, just, you know, something, something you do just, just day after day is kind of, like, looking at goals and trying to, you know, reach your goal and then it's on to the next one, you know. Mm-hmm. And I don't really know if I'll ever be, like, quote-unquote successful, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But I just want to be happy. You know, that's the end goal. Yeah, and I, I hear you. I think it's, a, um, like, kind of what we said about the marathon and everything as well. It's like a journey. It's a process. And right. I think that if you're always working towards something and for something, then that's like where the happiness is and that's where the enjoyment is and that's where you become fulfilled. Um, because like there's even been music goals that I've set for myself and then when I've actually accomplished them, I'm standing there like, is this it? Like this is all there is, <laughs> you know? So it's like you got to always kind of have something greater in yourself and i think it's not just necessarily like a, a financial goal or something like that or like a fame goal i think it's something for me personally i think it's sometimes about like what you can do for others and help others as well or like how you can push something for like a culture for it if it's within music if it's within art if it's for your family if it's within community or whatever um so that's kind of how i look at it oh yeah i mean you're right it's a process man and like uh, sometimes like when you get to the point where you reach your goal and, and you know you reach your goal honestly man it's like easy to you by that time so like that's okay well it's easy for me to reach this goal now it's kind of move the bar back a little bit let's mm-hmm. uh, set the bar a little bit higher let's see let's see how high we can jump you know mm-hmm. and then it's a constantly you know it's a constant moving constant moving bar man because you know what as human beings we're infinite you know mm-hmm. you can do whatever you want to do you know and talk about the whole universe and like our mind capacities and blah 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 using whatever percent of our brain but you know honestly like it's always a moving target it's mm-hmm. always that it's always a marathon with that without a real finish line you know mm-hmm. the finish line is always is always 10 yards further you know yep yep and like i'm always trying to just like when i do hear stuff like that about you know when they said like we use what like 10 percent of our brain power or whatever and and everything like we're limitless we can't can be limitless like i'm really my mindset is really to try to see how far i could take all of that stuff just to see just to say not even just to say i've done it just to see if it can be done because i think right. i've seen people like in history who have shown like what's possible so i just want to see like if it can actually be done like if i can do it and that's what kind of drives <laughs> me every day <laughs> so but yeah um i yeah, definitely I mean, you gotta have that self-drive yeah yeah i definitely appreciate you coming on to the podcast and sharing your story so why don't you let everybody know on um, where they can find you at you know online and, and everything like that uh, I'm Kit Lewis on everything. Um, Kit Lewis Instagram, Kit Lewis um, uh, Twitter. Uh, I have a Kit Lewis uh, Facebook page. Um, yeah, pretty much K I T L E W I S on everything. And then uh, my horrible, horrible, horrible website, which you told me I can't that you can't access without putting www on, is uh, www.kit-lewis.com. All right. Dope, my man. I appreciate it. And everybody who's listening, this is the Creative Masters Podcast. Till next week, this is Nobody Famous. Peace. 
So there you have it. That was episode 18 of the Creative Masters podcast featuring Kit Lewis. The beats that you heard on this episode is also by Kit. Very dope stuff, my man. Thanks for coming on to the podcast. For everybody who's listening, thanks for listening. Please rate us on iTunes. We can also be followed on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Until next week, this is Nobody Famous. I can be followed at Nobody Famous on Twitter and Instagram. Peace.